Six-pack podcast. The only place. YouTube channel. Center, center. You can't be molested by squirrels. I'm going to take your line. <laughs> oh, wow. That was perfect. Oh, I should probably... That was less than perfect. I like, a little, I like a little bit of foamy. Foamy, foamy. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Motorbone, son of a bitch. Uh, uh, oh boy. It's buoyant. Yeah. So. Yeah, I said it. This uh, this um this rendition of the uh, the uh, heavy metal over six pack beer review, uh, I went back to Burlington, Vermont. I didn't go back. This is uh, coming from a couple of weeks ago. But the cool thing about this beer, ma- this uh, came from the Magic Hat Brewery. Magic Hat. Magic. Yeah, I said it. Most people are I usually familiar with the Magic Hat number nine. I'm a big fan of the guitar face myself. Um, the cool I'm a big thing- fan of their pub ale. Check that out. The cool thing about this beer that we're trying today, this is a limited edition. You can only buy this beer at the Magic Hat Brewery, unless they lied to me. (laughs) They they just wanted you to buy it. (laughs) Or I could have misunderstood. I saw you coming. (laughs) Or or I could have misunderstood. That's like the Duncan's one. Remember they told you it's like limited edition and won't be around much longer, so you bought it. It's definitely still around. I was very mad at that. It's very common right now. So this is the Magic Hat Brewing Company Humdinger Collection. This is called Feast of uh, Feast of Fools. I don't know why that's so hard to say. I wanted to say fuel. So, like, so bad. Feast of Fools. Um, this is a raspberry stout. So it's obviously a stout. It's obviously a dark Darkness beer. of medieval times. Medieval times! A rich, malty stout brewed with raspberries celebrating the darkness of medieval times and the light of brewer's art. Gather thy friendly fools for a round and celebrate the oncoming darkness with sweet ale and glee. Well then, gentlemen, let's get foolish. Did you give it the aroma test yet? It smells like beer. Snozberries smell like snozberries. <laughs> tastes like snozberries. You guys have very full glasses, yeah. there, so I will lightly cheers. Gentlemen, let's get foolish. The cool part about this beer, these guys haven't had the opportunity to taste it yet. I have had the opportunity to taste this yet. I have had the opportunity to taste this. Um, I've had it out of the tap. I've had it out of uh, said cans. Um, the first, the first thought that I had when I first tried this beer was, you would have, um, if you would have never told me this was a raspberry stout, I would have not told you that there was raspberry in it. Yeah, it doesn't taste like raspberry at all. Which I think is good. Yeah. Because it probably did like cool things in the fermenting process, but it's not a fruit beer. Yeah, and it at doesn't the, taste at, like that nasty fake raspberry crap either. Right. Pretty bomb. Um, so, I've already had it, so I'll let you guys have it. Flavor's question. a little sticky, but not bad. Not as bad as that Game of Thrones one you, know you did. It, that was what, it, what it has a little bit, to me, and this might be really pushing it, but it's almost like you mixed a sour and a stout. Because you have that little bubble a in stour. it. A stour. Yeah, I guess so. A sour. But that, that's what like I Like a get. little extra carbonation, yeah. maybe. But, but like yeah. also, there's a, like, the bitter, there is bitterness in raspberry, like, especially if, you use fre- if they actually use fresh raspberry. 
But you get, I get the little sour of it too, like in the first tingle. It's got a weird, like, bubbly finish. That's what I mean, yeah. Right, the little extra carbonation. So it's not heavy. It's got a little, it's a, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of, like, you know, it's not quite smooth, I guess would be the word. I don't find it heavy at all. Like, it's pretty light. It is. It's drinkable. Mm-hmm. It's good. Oh, it's nice. If you hold your breath, you can taste the raspberry. Yeah, Wait a minute, what? There's a there's a great selection of dark beers up in Burlington, I've noticed. Wow. I think of a mentioned Queen City brew. I brought home a growler. Uh, they're just dark, dark ale. <clears throat> I'm trying it just to... reminded me of like watching like a medieval movie like where they have like the, the big giant bugs. <laughs> a big and tankards. Like, and it's just like a massively dark ale, like kinda looks like this. And they're mead. Just, like, they're just like mead. pounding them. Pass the mead. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I think it's smooth. I think it's it's kind of like deceptively smooth though, because you still get that little bit of a punch in the back of your throat at the end of it, and then the flavor, I don't know, it's sticky. It sticks to your mouth a little bit, you know, like not in a bad way. It's just you can tell it's there, you know. And if it's a flavor you don't like, then it's somebody that's either gonna have to drink it really fast or find something else. <laughs> Twenty-eight IBUs, so I mean, they're they're even saying this is a pretty uh, pretty easy drinker. I'm trying to relate it to something. Um, I give you the IBU, but they don't tell me the alcohol content. <laughs> yeah, it's it's at the bottom. It says it. <laughs> Twenty eight IBU. That's how it says. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is seven point two. There you go. Seven point two alcohol oh. by volume. It is well, a, it is a stout. So uh, I'd say. I mean, it's smooth. It's okay. It's not. It doesn't like grab me. I could I could drink it. Uh, I'll give it a four and a half. Ooh, four point five. Yeah, fantastic. Out of six. Good grief. I would actually give it a five. Five. I, actually, yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's good. It's different. It's not. I think that's what I like about it. I think I like the fact that it's like it's something. It's something but, but different. But it's, it's subtly different. It's not like. Like I can enjoy these. Fucking, you know. Yeah, I can't quite put my finger on it, so I can't like talk Hamster trash beer. about it because I don't really know how. It, but it's it's drinkable, so. It's not know. quite a perfect beer for me, so I'm gonna go five. <clears throat> five 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 zero, five zero. Like it's it, it's great. I I was really excited about it, and. uh the fact that I saved these for these guys after so long of a period of time. You're yeah. welcome. I mean, Thank you. You were like you're really welcome. like. Proud of you. Yeah. Like, you were like super excited. <laughs> that whole red back when we went you know to the I, show, you were talking about it. I have like so, <laughs> I have so many. Um, I have so many instances where I just want to drink like a fish. And this is not like a drink like a fish beer. This is like a sit down and enjoy yourself <laughs> beer. No, this is exactly what it is. So. And if I drink it now, I can just go back up and get more. <laughs> the last cool thing I will say, if you're actually up in the northern Vermont area, the Art Factory is actually like a really cool place. Like the uh, the artistic vision that like they had, and like the combination of artists and people. The um the the one of the co-founders of the uh, of Magic Hat Brewery was like he was like a real visionary. He wasn't an artist himself, which is actually kind of bummed about because I actually thought he did some of the original art. Like there would be some original shit around, but no, he just kind of outsourced like all the artwork. But he was a visionary, so if he saw if he thought something was like weird and kind of like gnarly, he'd be like, "Hey, come be a part of my brewery and like draw up a can for me," like kind of a thing. Um, they got some cool shit. It's a it's a cool gnarly place. Um, yeah, Magic Cat Brewery, Feast of Fools. There you go. There it is. Boom. Bam. Where do I put that down? Every time. I have to bring it with me. I don't want it. So, my buddy that's, that uh, is out in Vegas that I went to his wedding, uh, that one, whatever. Heavy Metal Headlines.
Hello again, Sorry. friends. Hello. Welcome to the Heavy Metal Over uh, Podcast. Hello, please. Oh, come on now. What? <laughs> hello, please. What? <laughs> hello, please. So. <laughs> I don't know what to do after that. <laughs> well, I'm the old dusty trail. We're doing news, right? Yes, sir. Okay, I'll start with my story. Go for it. Okay, because I love my story. I have beer news. Beer I, news! I actually feel like we there should be like a new segment. It should be like a heavy metal over six pack Hall of Fame. Like a hero of the week. Like, <laughs> like you just get inducted into the Hall of Fame just for doing something like this. Headline of the story. Now I'm reading this from something called thevice.com, but this is also in the New York Times or New York Post. I forget which one of them is a tabloid. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter. Usually they're all the same. <laughs> Not a lot. I said of what I said. Headline of the story: Some guy registers a beer as a service animal. <laughs> per, <clears throat> I will read verbatim. Per the Americans with Disabilities Act, a service animal is a dog or a miniature horse that's trained to perform tasks for people with disabilities. That classification provides legal protection, like allowing dogs into establishments that are otherwise unfriendly to pets. <clears throat> It's not the same thing, however, as an emotional support animal, an animal that helps a person's state of mind, sometimes by the suggestion of a doctor, and isn't included under the ADA. The classification has included creatures from ducks to alligators to the emotional support peacock someone tried to bring onto United Airlines flight in 2018. Imagine the shit that would go down when that thing expanded. A term such flexibility that has certainly caused a backlash for the entire catalog of assistive animals Early last month, for example, a man in Arizona registered a beehive as a service animal to, prove, gonna it, say Florida. to prove it was too easy to do so. <clears throat> and, of course, God, the anxiety I would have. someone has gone and won up that. In late December, a Brooklyn resident named Floyd would Hayes registered beer. Yes, that's right, kids. The beverage as his service animal. As first reported by the Ale Street News. Gotta get some of that. As with the beehive, this was done via the website usaservicedogregistration.com, <laughs> where beer, in parentheses, style unspecified, is now listed as an emotional support animal for Hayes' social anxiety disorder. <laughs> and Hayes quotes, I travel from upstate, to, from upstate to Brooklyn a lot, and on the bus they say it's a federal crime to smoke or have an alcoholic beverage unless by prior written contest. And I always wondered where you get that consent. Ta-da! There's your sign. It's safe to say that this is a big stunt. Proud this is kid. all a big stunt. He calls himself a pioneer in guerrilla experimental marketing, and his most recent <laughs> tweet calls Vice's own Uba Butler, who faked the TripAdvisor-approved restaurant from a London shed, is guerrilla prankster hero. <laughs> now, I, I brought this up when you brought, told me before. But I'm pretty sure this just considers you an alcoholic if you need be alcoholic beverage <laughs> to soothe yourself. So. You, you tell me I'm wrong. Hey, I don't throw shade at alcoholics. <laughs> so not reading verbatim, I actually heard this Sick on the radio. I, 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 I heard a discussion about this on, like, on the radio today. Like the whole thing was like the whole anxiety of actually taking the bus trip like from upstate New York to Brooklyn, which... If it's like driving through Brooklyn, I can actually totally understand that that anxiety. Like I feel like open containers should be allowed 100% if you're driving through Brooklyn because that's like a life or death situation. And if you're going to go down, you might as well go down in huge fiery flames. But the best part about this is he had the documentation with him 
gets on the bus with an open beer, like he had a legit pint. Walks right on the bus. The bus stop. The bus driver never, like, kind of just looked at him, and he's like, "It's like I'll pay you to come on the. Like I'll pay you for this." And and the driver's like, "No, you're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> just go about your business." It's the authorities and that care. <laughs> he actually took. He, so he had the certificate that like he printed like, out, <laughs> and like he just had it with him, and like, nobody, like I did all this for nothing. Nobody ever stopped him. <laughs> like, no, he, no took, one cares. he took his first bus trip with like an open pint, like to Brooklyn. <laughs> no one cares. You know, it's like that time, like when you first turn twenty-one, like you're so excited, you want to go legally buy beer. And you get to the store, and they, they, don't, they, even they, they don't even card you. It's like, look at my ID, bitch. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. or you could be like our our friend Mike, who uh, got his ID renewed the day before his birthday, so yep. they still gave him an up and down ID, yep. and not a side by side ID. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yep. he was technically before, but he was of age because of the date and whatever. But no, everybody thought he a had a fake places, ID. A lot of and places. it didn't help that he looked like he was fucking 15. <laughs> no, a lot of places won't take him just yeah. for that reason. See, that's stupid. If it's a legal uh, ID, it's like, what, what are we doing here? But, so like I said, I don't know if I if I should like remake this segment and like there should be like a, a, like a, like a Hall of Fame inductee. But Floyd Hayes, you are the man, sir. Proud of you, kid. Good for him. Yeah, with that being said, that's going to kick off our headline segment for today. Well, I have a beer news. Ooh, Ooh beer news. It's, it's, a very, it's one out of the loop, huh? It's a, it's a very short one, but it's a sweet one. We all love dogs, right? Dogs, no. Dogs. I only so, love my dog. Except, usually usually except more that. than people. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, the North Dakota Brewing Company, known as Fargo Brewing Company, is using its beer cans for a good cause, to find forever homes for local shelter dogs. Uh, so, essentially, um, every can has a certain dog on it, um, with some fun facts, and, you know, about the dog, and which can be, and how to contact said place. I thought that was kind of cool. Pretty cool. It's like it's like milk cartons for adults. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Fun fact: Tito's beverage, uh, T- uh, Tito beverage, uh, the, the founder of thing, yeah. Tito's. It's a vodka for dogs. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and T- and the the Tito's vodka facility has been dog friendly since its inception. Really? Ah. Interesting. But I thought that was kind of neat. Oh my god! Ah. Marcus, you got anything, or Dave, you got anything? Not beer-wise, no. Oh, we can move off the beer stuff. <laughs> we just happen to have two beer-related things. So, I think we briefly discussed this. I don't have a, a, a specific article in front of me, but we can uh, we can bring up some uh, some some sad downer news. It's it's pretty straight cut <sighs> what it is. It's pretty straight cut what it is. So, um, me and Anthony, we, we were obviously joking when we said this, but like we 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 were, we were discussing Ozzy Osbourne. And um, the fact that, like, he uh, he just did the, uh, it was like Good Morning America, I believe it was. Again, I don't have the article right in front of me quite yet. Um, but how he's been, he's he's in some pretty uh, latter stages of Parkinson's and, you know, some health, some health issues and, 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 and whatnot. And the, uh, the incredibly tasteless joke that I made, like, prior to, like, coming on air, it's like, well, we've been, we know, we've known Ozzy's been dying for, like, a decade now. 
like the last ten years, the guy just like like closer and closer and kind of thing. But with that even being said, it's still it's still right. a sad thing. And I kind of give him props because I mean the fact that like he's still working. They just yeah. put out a new album too. Like yeah. new or album. Or like, working on one. New album, say. a whole bunch of collabs. Uh, there's actually concert dates that are that are being scheduled in like 2020 and. You know, hopefully, you know, God willing, he's able to fulfill all of those, um, all of those dates, and and whatnot. But I should really have the article in front of me so I have more I, details. Uh, I mean, I I don't say it to be rude, but he's always he's always had very weird bodily movements on stage. Yeah. So I feel like in that regard, it may uh, not be too different. Not to take anything away from it. Obviously, he's battling that, and that's awful. So. Um, um, I don't mean to cut into you, but uh, so he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's 2, which stupidly, as it said, is a form of Parkinson's disease. Like, no shit. I don't know how I would say that. Um, the issue has been, quote unquote, terribly challenging for all of us. And he does experience numbness. Um, and this is quoted from him. Uh, I've got numbness down this arm from the surgery. My leg feels, my legs feel going cold. What? Makes sense. Uh, I don't know if that's Parkinson's or what. It's a weird feeling. But as I said, it's not a death sentence. Yeah. You know, it's not. But it's a it's a nasty disease, man. Like right. it, it's it, not it, fun. It disables you uh, in like right. weird ways, and it makes bad things happen to good people. And like anything kind of thing. anything that hinders your quality of life is right. in some way life threatening. And you know what's what I mean, it's and what's interesting is like it, it's one of those diseases where you, you have a good day you'll have a good day and you'll have a bad day so like the fact that he's like still working and like planning on touring mm-hmm. and whatnot so like, that's why i say god willing like yep. he'll, he'll able to like be able to um honor all of his uh commitments and whatnot but you know keep open minds you know if you if you buy tickets to a show i mean there's you got a 50 50 shot i mean he's gonna mm-hmm. flip a coin every single morning as to whether or not he's gonna be able to physically do that show that day so uh, as of right now, he's uh, he will be traveling to Switzerland for further treatment. So who knows what kind of A-class a, a drug they can give him. <laughs> you never know. You know what I mean? All the legends that have been lost like over the last like, you know, 10, 5, 10 years and like whatnot. I mean, it, right. it, would, it would be a it, it'll be a, the day that it happens. It'll be a real bummer to add Ozzy Osbourne's name to that and you know, we'll all be, you know, praising his name for for years to come and his the Prince of Darkness. His contribution to the to the music industry, but it's just sad, man. Plus, the fact that the family's so goddamn televised, like I know. Like, bro, what, I think I said. I think yourself. I said. A, I think I said it one time last year. It's like, will someone just leave this guy alone? Just yeah. let, let him rest. But then he went yeah. out. And he did some work. He did some collabs. He did some recordings he and did. like whatnot. Uh, and speaking of, and I kind of side noting um, with the disease situation. Uh, Dave Mustaine is now finally back in the yep. recording studio. That's right. And he's got a beard. Yep. It looks fucking weird. <laughs> because yep. because his hair is colored and his beard is gray. Yep. <laughs> so it just doesn't really match well. But he is he is back and doing stuff. So Yeah. Heck yeah. Dave, you got anything? Yeah, uh Grey Days officially released one of their singles from their redone album. I can um, see that. So there was, uh, well, actually I actually have a couple things. Uh, there was actually a news story I didn't know about too. 
that uh, I, I shared with the group also because I'm a little behind the times. But uh, <clears throat> so great is uh, obviously that was Chester Bennington's original project project before Lincoln Park. Uh, he stayed in contact with all those guys and they were still good friends and everything else. Uh, he started re-recording so that they could re-release their original album. Uh, he started re-recording all the vocals and everything before he got about, they said it was like about 80% through okay. Yeah, before he died. So his son uh, stepped up and, and helped finish the album um, to, to redo all that. And their first, their first release was five days ago now. It's called What's in the Eye uh, yep. by Great A's. The official video was released and everything. All of the um, all of the Chester vocals. Uh, it's weird. It's spotty because because it's an older song. There's some like original original vocals, and then there's some of his newer recorded stuff. Yeah. And then there's some stuff with his son. So it's kind of weird, but it's cool. Um, it's cool that you know he's been gone soon to be three years now, and he's still releasing music and rocking on heavy um i give a lot of credit to chester's family and to linda his wife mm -hmm. uh for allowing it to go forward because the other news story that i came across was that uh chris cornell's wife is doing the opposite <laughs> and uh is not allowing any of uh his unreleased songs to be released and she's suing soundgarden and uh, a couple of other things it's weird uh so along that same line uh, they're running into the same instance in All That Remains with Ollie Hebert and his wife. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys don't know about that story, it's a little bit shady. Uh, this, I, let's let's say some interesting. Weird stuff for it's, in that, it's, yeah. uh, even even for somebody who's not uh, chief investigator of anything, um, somebody that that signs their entire will over at a car dealership <laughs> without an official lawyer. Uh, to their spouse six days prior to their apparent suicide on prescription drugs that they've never been prescribed. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're the last person to see them alive. It's just a little bit strange. A lot of red it's flags. All I'm saying, uh, now she is suing uh, All That Remains for the tours that they've done and a couple of the releases that they've had since his passing, saying that she's entitled to that compensation. Uh, so, here's the deal, kids. What we've learned today is that if you're going to be in a band, uh, put something in writing <laughs> of what you want to happen to all your music and everything after you go. Uh, maybe give creative control back to the band or something and not an outside family member who knows nothing about the actual music industry or the music. Uh, I give to Linda a lot of respect for kind of stepping aside and letting Chester's songs continue to be heard by all his fans. That's like one more level of connection I feel that we, we all can have with said artist. And I'd say that for any artist. Uh, this Chris Cornell situation is awful. The Ollie Hebert situation is awful. And unfortunately, everybody everybody loses. Uh, so my, my advice you know, to any kind of artist out there would be, you know, try to avoid these situations. Uh, as so, best you can. So according to this, um, there would have to be like language in like whatever contracts that these guys have right. that would say that like the the band rights to like whatever material would transfer to right. a surviving family member mm -hmm. and not like kind of like to your point, it doesn't dissolve back into like the the sole ownership of the right. 
the ban entities kind of a thing. Because right. the very first sentence that I'm reading here is that the ban is demanding the recordings that she apparently has possession of in some way, shape, or form. Because in this, the, the suit uh, alleges that there were never any explicit agreement, explicit. sorry, whatever, uh, <laughs> agreement that these songs were for Soundgarden and that Cornell was exclusively the owner of them. Because of his solo projects and stuff that he was doing yeah. on his own. But even then, uh, uh, either way, it's, it's just not... But if that was truly the case, then where, why would there be a lawsuit? You know what I mean? Right. If, if it was songs only for his solo stuff, then there wouldn't need to be a lawsuit of any kind. Well, if it was, <laughs> if it was, a, solo if it was a solo stuff, I mean, like, the band wouldn't necessarily have like, any claim. You can't, even exactly. say, you can't even say creative rights because right. you're, not, you're not actually on the... It, it's, it's sad and it's messy, unfortunately. And it's like, just this a, is, it this is what up. happens with, like, when a huge name and, like, you're, you're talking huge potential dollars... Especially of like what it, like whatever this gets released, I mean it's going to be huge potential dollars kind of a thing, and it's unfortunate because you don't want to be like, listen, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. at the same it's time, rough. it's like you know it, it. It's too bad. It's, mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's all about and uh, well. So to the all that remains situation, I feel even worse because it's like that was. See, now that one, if if she's trying to, like, collect royal, like whatever kind of contracts for, like, existing tours or whatnot, because when he passed, if I'm not mistaken, they were on tour or were going on tour. Like, there was going to be a right. tour, like, shortly after, and I don't believe they right. canceled it. They didn't. Like, they, they, they filled all the dates. They just had, like, yeah, a Yeah, it was a in. European tour. So... <clears throat> That one's like a little bit weird to me. It's like, well, what what kind of royalties would so, you be getting that would transfer over to like family in that case? Well, like, and would, here's you would think there'd be like an LLC or something. Like when bands get big enough, you be, you become a corporation pretty much. This is where the weird legality stuff comes in for that particular situation, uh, because his death was not ruled a suicide. It was it was uh, it's still it's, no, it's still under investigation right now. It's it's that his death is still being investigated. And so probably no, be investigated for a while. So there's no official ruling. So because there's no official ruling, uh, if it was suicide or homicide, that kind of jams up the band stuff because of how he died. If it's found that his wife is the one that committed homicide, then she's not entitled. Well, so because the case is not closed yet, the band is, I'd imagine, taking this, and this is all. Dave's wacky mind of tricks, so who knows? But I wonder why that would matter, though. It's like, all semantics. It's all the it's the legality of it. Like, with, with with the exception of like one of the band members killing him off, so that they had a higher cut. Like, why would it matter how he passed? Because like, if she was the one that inherits all of his money, she would not. If she's the one that committed homicide, right? It wouldn't go. Oh, I her. see what you're saying. So yeah. maybe there right. was terminology there. Right. Correct. Right. So it was like instead of taking out like an extra life insurance right. policy, but that's what if I did. die on tour, <clears throat> you can have my money. So oh cool, I'll kill you then. She she he. So it's very is it are we are we making fake news? Is that actually a fake? News? Is she <laughs> well, is she a suspect in this look, murder? I mean I'm uh, she well so Phil Phil went on Twitter and everything. Uh, it's it's ugly between her and Phil. Phil said. You know, how is this still going on? He's gone on a number of rants about this because he's pissed. And rightfully, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to say rightfully so because I don't know what happened. But understandably, uh, he's gone on and on about, you know, you're the last person to see him alive. You're the last person with him. And with you have no idea in the last 24 hours what happened. Or, you know what I mean? Like, 
there's just a whole bunch of shady stuff that went down. So he's called her out a ton of times, uh, but it's kind of to the point where the investigation doesn't necessarily have a lot. They've, uh, they've, they seized her phone and her computer, but what good is that going to do? You know, um, right. But at this point, and it just sucks. I mean, it sucks as I think it's crazy because it's so close to home. You know, mm-hmm. it was in Connecticut that that all that happened. Um, she claims to have found him face down in a pond or whatever behind his house, and it's like, but he's pumped full of antidepressants that he never once got prescribed. So it's just very strange, you know. I know we're um I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but um I'm I'm actually glad that you brought up the uh, the Chester mm-hmm. Bennington. It's um grayscale. Gray days. Gray days. Excuse me. Um, how does that go? Twenty years. Without being like even like leaked, that, that was it. That was a thing because like they actually they actually have a like a, a quote unquote new single that actually has Chester Bennington vocals mm-hmm. uh, like on it. Like you know the the remaster project like this that's like all over Octane. It's like how is this just sitting around for like twenty years? But this is this is what we've always talked about in the music industry. This stuff happens all the time. Stuff gets shelved all the time. He was with Gray Days and then he went with Linkin Park and then they got signed. And Gray Days was like a indie rock project out of Arizona. Yeah, it's... You know, it was like a... a, It's whatever. An (laughs) an example to kind of clarify your thoughts on it. So when Atreyu was on their tour, uh, I don't remember which one exactly, um, Brendan was writing music for Hell or High Water at the time. Like, before it was even a thing. Like, he had, like, a whole catalog ready to roll before they even made anything. You know what I mean? So, like, they always have stuff hidden around that they always keep just as, like, a, a... Right. For lack of a better term, a spank bank. You know what I mean? Of music. No, that is not the term. Are you sure? Are you sure that's not the term? I think we, I think we should go with it, though. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. The, uh, yeah, the, those two the conversa- things are not the same. The conversation uh, just goes so much weirder. Like, hey, hey, bro, I just opened up my spank bank. <laughs> and I pulled this track Hey, out. you want to see what I just pulled out of my spank? No! <laughs> Put that away. No, I mean, think about every musician you know, though. Uh, have you only ever written one type of music in your life? Right. You know, have you only ever been in one project in your life? Like, no, there's stuff that yes. floats around all over, you know? There's there's band members from all kinds of different bands that are really talented but can't get along to save their life, so their demos go nowhere. It's true. And then they blow up in another band, and then said person dies, and it's like, hey, remember that time we did this? <laughs> and they, true, though. You know? It really is. That's That's what happens, and it's like... Uh, it's like we said about record labels, too. I'm sure record labels are sitting on probably 30-plus Linkin Park songs that have never been released, you know? Because the label deemed them never good enough or something, you know? Like, I don't know. There's there's all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into it, but when somebody dies and that stuff is not in place, it's just an awful spectacle. Messy. And nobody wins. True. Like, because even if... <clears throat> I feel like even if you go through the legal process for all this stuff and... It's still messy. It doesn't matter what you right, do. It's going right. to be messy no matter what. But it's... we're talking like, okay, maybe the lawsuit will be over 10 years from now and they'll settle and then everybody will be long forgotten about everything and it won't even go... You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just rough. But I, uh, truthfully, I hope they come to a decision and and close out this Ollie Hebert case. I hope that, uh, uh, I hope that the differences can be settled, uh between Soundgarden and Chris Cornell's wife. Um, I hope that, I don't know, I hope that Talinda keeps on signing off on Chester's music to be released. 
and that you know kind of sets a standard for that like right. so that all these I'm, I'm not throwing well, then, shade here but all of these seemingly money pursuing people well you gotta drop and, their selfish crap and and my, my last thought on it is you have and I don't know how true this is but obviously you have the ones who want to do it for the money aspect but then you also have and this is just speculation from what I see to Linda who is signing off on this stuff because she wants to spread Chester's love not right. not to make money you know what I mean there's so there's two different sides of how it can be right done you know what I mean yeah but speaking of being done <laughs> Marcus what are your thoughts on Devil Driver well not negative but not whatever all right well like overall, overall, yeah. how would you feel <laughs> if they made a double album? Oh boy, <laughs> the the uh, the official heavy metal death sentence of anybody's unsmart. Devil driver double. Well, yeah. So, according to vocalist Des Fafara, Fafara is that how you say that? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> In a comment on social media caught by the PRP, the album is completely done and is in the hands of the record label. Why would you? Okay, I'm not. Evidently, they made it well known that they'd be working on a double album due out likely in 2020. So, Dave, I'm not sure if you've been a part of any of these rants yet. What are your thoughts on the double album? Uh, I don't have a lot of experience with listening to any of them. No, not, so. not with intercourse. We're talking about double albums. Oh, double album. Oh. Not, uh, not double. Come on. Uh, <laughs> is that take the black stuff? Um, <laughs> that was last week. Should have taken the blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> why, oh, why didn't I take the blue pill? Uh, so, I'm not totally educated on what a double album is. I'm guessing it's two albums yeah, released so together. So it's a double, yeah. Exactly what it is. Yeah, so if you were to buy like an actual physical copy of the disc, there's gonna be two of them in there because like this is like just so massively huge and there's so much material on this thing that it can't possibly be on one audio disc. So I try to stay open minded with things like these. However, uh, knowing what I know about the music industry and several artists, uh, I can't imagine that a single double album has ever lived up to the hype. We just spent two hours talking about this. How like bands are putting out singles now, and now you're right. telling me that you're gonna give me 20 tracks <laughs> of like hot garbage, and it, like any one of these is gonna be something meaningful in this world that's gonna like change the way that we look at heavy metal. Well, this driving. is this is the thing and though. The, and let me just just to land this land this plane here. It's fucking <laughs> Devil Driver. Yeah, you're not doing anything super duper special that anybody's gonna be blown away for 20 right. something tracks. You miles. I think the plane just crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. The pilot just... Okay. I'm out! Like you might as well... Top gun. Yeah, you actually might... It, it, and I don't mind Devil Driver. Like, Devil... No, they, they're I not, they're not. They're not untalented, like, bullcrap no. by any means. But you might as well have just told me that, like, Hatebreed's coming out with a Devil album. And I'd go... <laughs> right. No, I, I understand. It's like, why? Why? Is, there, is it actually possible that you could not focus your attention on 10... High quality killer tracks. That's the thing. It's it's a it's a quantity over quality thing. I feel. I just want to say, and I'm not speaking for everybody or even Devil Driver, but there are several bands 
We have come up with the idea of a concept album. That's different. So if it's two concept albums that kind of go together, that maybe tell a story, I'd be interested to see how it turned out, but I wouldn't be eager. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's The other a thing different. that I'd say is that in the spirit of concept albums, uh, you know, they truthfully, there's certain bands that could... they. They could be sitting on a, a cache of old songs or stuff, stuff that they've written together that came out great that they haven't been able to release because it's not a certain sound for a certain album, you know? Maybe they want to put out all the songs they've already worked on and been sitting on for years, and they want to actually play these at shows and have people kind of maybe know what song they're playing, mm -hmm. you know? Maybe they don't want to have their stuff and their time be wasted anymore. Like, there's any number of reasons that... They could do something like that. Uh, I'm not totally for or against it. I, I I try to give everybody a shot, and if they think this is the best route that they want to go with, like, eh, I'm going to be skeptical, but if this is what you're thinking, like, okay, like, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and if it crashes and burns, then I'm going to slap you. <laughs> I mean, my thing with it is, is from a personal level, like, I can listen to an album with 12, 13 songs, and that's fine. Like, that's long enough where I can stay entertained. Yeah. But push that to 25... And I'm like, look, I don't like mm -hmm. you. You forget the other songs because there's so many of them. Right. You know what I mean? Much like info. it's it's like I uh, like which one is this one? Right. Track thirty-seven. You know, Wait, it's like, when like, does it's like going to the Cheesecake Factory? You're like flipping through the book. You forget oh, what the first six pages were, and you're like, uh, I'll just though, take like, a dictionary. Yeah. No menu, please. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't find anything in the first three three pages, I just want to leave. I can't exactly. stand restaurants that have huge menus. That's obnoxious because you know, like, okay, you, none of this food is great. That's what I'm saying. All you, of can't it's tell me it's, you can't like, tell me it's fresh back there. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell me somebody ordered the peanut Thai noodle <laughs> so goddamn much right next to this turkey dinner. Like, <laughs> like, like eventually, right behind the tacos. Eventually, like. they're gonna start messing with us. You know, like oh, Starbucks panini. Wait a minute. <laughs> Anthony, I was drawing it's a blank. Still in the bag. Uh, band that you really like. They just came out with a double uh, album. Um, Jesus, Demon Hunter did the double. Demon album. Hunter, thank you, uh, De Demon Hunter. Now. I was actually thinking about this because I think we actually I knocked that when that came out as well. But the, mm -hmm. the difference about that one was they had like a light side and they had like they a had, dark side. They had so peace, they wanted peace to, and war, right? So they wanted to do something like a little bit more mellow and they wanted to do something that was supposedly like a little bit more heavy. So mm -hmm. they tried to make like two different concepts out of it. I don't see Devil Driver doing anything. No, like that. it's gonna be <laughs> twenty. It's gonna be twenty-eight tracks of dun 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 dun. And then, like, he's got one monotone singing voice. Yeah, he's very... And mm. it's just like, I don't know. It's like, I can't see two albums of Amazing coming out. It's like, I don't know. It's a weird choice. I don't like it. I hate it. And this is what... Like, Five Finger Death Punch came out with a double album. It's because, you know what, you guys <laughs> yeah, can't... Don't, don't you, they do that every like, you can't two weeks? Get, you can't get out of your own way. Like, if you're not pumping out an album, like, every six months, and, like, we ridicule you endlessly for it, it's like... That's like, that's like the 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 definition of metal relevance. Like they're just trying to stay relevant all the time. You know what I really like, hope? I hope I hope Devil Driver shuts me up. I hope it's like the most epic thing that's been ever produced. Right. And I'll, I will stick my, I will stick two beers in my mouth at the same time. Wow. While I thought I, that was going a totally different direction. I will stick my beers in my mouth. Do it. <laughs> Well, I don't want to like overstep my. Yeah, it's a family show, Marcus. I don't want to overstep my uh, my self mutilation punishments. I'll drink two beers at the same time. <laughs> That'll show me. 
<laughs> so the I, devil black stout. Hey-o. Diablo Blanco. When's that getting released? Uh, it doesn't say. It just it went into. Uh, like well, they probably are, they probably have to take like five years on it because they they got to make like twenty eight tracks now. Well, no, like the tracks already done. Everything's sent in to the record label. Oh, good. The artwork, the music done, ready to go. That's what's crazy. And uh, well, the other thing I was gonna say is that, like, I, so there have been times I've written songs that I think is some of my best work in like two days flat, start to finish. Songs done, two days. Then I've written other songs and I'm like, wow. This is taking me like three months, <laughs> you know. So who knows how? I've written a song in two days, but it never—it's never the final product because then I'll look at it and I'll be like, "I hate that." <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Can't do that. Got to change this. Got to do this. Uh, I have one more. Sweet. Thing. So the band, the Agonist. Uh huh. Um. They're bassist. Uh, Chris Kells. Mind you, they're Canadian. <laughs> Fill that out first. Okay. But he has he has been banned from the U.S. <laughs> and forced to sit out the upcoming tour. Of course. What did you do? So here's the thing. So I will, I'm gonna actually read his um his full statement. Um, so he said that uh, he explains that uh he's not able to cause he, so he does uh, video production for his day job, and he was going back to the U.S. to deliver whatever he was going to deliver and uh let's see had to go stayed a couple times to perform interviews and get video footage of the clients who were working with unfortunately the last time i went to cross into the usa a cbp border border patrol Patrol, uh deemed me inadmissible and banned me from entering america for five years this was a result of misguided information given to me and the cbp uh, by my quote-unquote employer at the time of entry. They essentially led me being cornered by officers and forced to sign documents acknowledging my apparent misconduct. This evidently had nothing to do with playing awesome music for people in our beautiful neighborhood. Uh, sadly, I have applied for a waiver from these ridiculous charges, but still have been denied entry regardless. What? <laughs> I don't. This is this is from the, the the horse's mouth here. Immigration lawyers for, okay, but how can you blame your employer? Like, like is there a limit? Like, did you run out of passport pages? Like, well, what's the problem? It said misguided information given to me and the CBP by my employer at the time of entry. Huh. Wait, wait. So, I guess the real question here. Is uh, what kind of things were you filming that you were bringing across the border, there, bud? There's got to be something that we're missing. Because <laughs> uh, like no, 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 I'm not part of it. I just work for the guy. <laughs> it's very strange. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, we need some answers on that. Because yeah, we'll have to follow, uh, follow it as much as we can. Um, I mean, as of right now, um, Pavlo. Last name I can't pronounce, but I'm going to try. Hey, Callis uh, is going to be filling in for him during the tour. Uh, why, doesn't, uh, why doesn't he just write a letter to El Presidente? Oh, good luck. Because then, then the missile, whatever, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> so that. That's, yeah, that's my last one for you. Hmm. Five-year band. That's, 
There's something's not, it's not it can't be that. You had something in your pocket that wasn't supposed to be there, bro. <laughs> yeah. There's gotta be something. We it can't be the weed. No one cares about that anymore. <laughs> Unless you got forty million pounds of it in a Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> in a pickup truck. <laughs> uh, um, you know, funny story about the weed thing. So um last Sunday we had some snow in the area. <clears throat> so there was a uh, there was a neighboring there was a neighboring New Hampshire town. Now, the state of New Hampshire has not yet legalized the marijuana, which is really funny coming from the live free or die state. Weird, right? Um, but you can go without a seatbelt after 18. You can go without a seatbelt. You can ride no your motorcycle helmet. without a helmet. You can ride in the back of a pickup truck. They don't give a shit. But if you bring a little bit of pot in there, they get angry. And me living about two <laughs> minutes from the border, believe me, I know all about that anger. What? There's a lake up there that I like to frequent. The cops will actually stop you all the time. So just so you know, you Massachusetts people, it's not legal up here. It's like, no, dude, I just came to swim, man. I'm not even here to smoke a joint. But yet, <clears throat> till you leave. So Sunday morning, there was a uh, local police uh, police officer that posted. It's like, okay, folks, listen. When there's a storm happens, we require you to brush off your car. <laughs> I saw that. Now, if you're not going to brush off your car, at least have a valid driver's license. That way, when we pull you over, you know, in suit, and we check your driver's license, you at least have a valid driver's license. Now, if you're not going to do A or B, please do not have the contents of this back seat with, like, pounds of marijuana. Like, like, pounds of edibles All and these weed different and all edibles, all this different weed. This is not legal in New Hampshire, and it causes us to do more paperwork than we want to do on a Sunday morning, rather than... <laughs> waving at nice people drink going our, to church. Drink our coffee and wave at nice people going to church. <laughs> that was classic. Absolute classic. So you're telling me you can get pulled over for having snow in your car and not having a license? But as soon as they see the weed, it's game over. Yeah. Well, what he's that saying is, if you're gonna do, if you're not gonna do A or B, don't have C. It's just. If you're not gonna do A, don't have B. But if you're definitely not gonna do A or B, definitely don't have. So this C. must happen more common than not. All three I'm of these sure, things. Sure. Oh, are you kidding me? With the fact that it's like legal in Massachusetts, they're probably I'm just I'm like rolling I'm, over the border. I'm more like, concerned <laughs> about the license. <laughs> Why is that B? They, <laughs> don't, they, so, don't, they don't even have to have insurance over there. Like you can so just weird. smash the shit out of people out there. It doesn't even matter. This is, this is the issue that we. Free for all. Well, I don't know. This this is what this is what brings the libertarian part of Dave out. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I don't get political often. Is that like a this wasn't my this wasn't my intention, by the way? But please continue. I I just cannot stand that the idea of reciprocity. Has not been established. Rest of what for our viewers who don't know what. Uh, <laughs> so resting apocalypse. When you do this, vi- when you do that with this video, can that word be like right across? <laughs> the okay, sweet. <laughs> ding ding ding. Reciprocity. Uh, Editing on the fly. That means you know, like uh, reciprocating. You know, like. So I feel like you just use the same word again. Try that one. So time. here's the thing: <laughs> if if you go drive in New York and you give them a Massachusetts license, are you going to get ticketed? For having a Massachusetts license and not a New York license? No. Every single state recognizes your driver's license. But they don't recognize concealed carry permits anywhere in any other state. (laughs) A lot of them don't. They don't recognize legal marijuana, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, it's just... And it's crazy to think about because, Mm -hmm. like, I think about when when I think about stuff like this, I think about prohibition, you know. Uh, Think about the ATF. The ATF was actually created because of prohibition. Now, when Prohibition happened, was there still alcohol? Yes. Uh, what, How was there what still is, alcohol? Uh, Rum runners. And 
what were people doing to allow that to happen? Politicians were getting paid money to look the other way. You know what we have now? Distribution licensing. Where's that money go to? Politicians? (laughs) The state? I don't even have enough money to bribe somebody. I'm saying it's the exact same thing. They just made it from the government. Like they just made it like, legal. Yeah, we're taking bribes for you to distribute in other states, but it's because we're getting our cut. Let me bust out the boys. Here's uh, George Washington. And then the George big thing. Look, Washington. I don't. I don't care if you smoke or you don't smoke. Like I, that shit doesn't even interest me. Like whatever. But if you don't see that big tobacco is the biggest loser in 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 legal marijuana, they're the ones pushing for all this stuff against it. Like. That should scare you. <laughs> that should raise a certain level of concern. Like, these people are willing to fight tooth and nail over vape cartridges that they probably paid somebody to create to, Dude, to get killed, people sick. It, like, killed, it killed four people over like six months, man. Oh, we got to cut this down, dude. Just ridiculous. And it just shows <laughs> you that every single politician's interest can be bought. So I think it's stupid. I think that New Hampshire law is stupid. I think... Uh, De- depending on well, you see how much tax revenue all these states have gotten. Just out of curiosity, which can you clarify which New Hampshire law you didn't like? Was it the cleaning off the car, the not driving with a license, or was it the pot? It was the pot. Okay, just make. I sure. think the cleaning off the car is kind of necessary because there's always those. I fucking like, hate it when somebody does a clean. Dude, up. it's like, are you dumb? Like, it, just, whoosh, whoosh, well, whoosh. this is this is what people don't <laughs> like understand. Donkey Kong. Like, is it like there's always that one guy? Like, everybody else, like, every other country in the world, like, you go up to Canada, like, hey, don't leave a lot of snow on your car. They'd be like, oh, you know what? We're going to be respectful. We're not going to do that. (laughs) You come to Massachusetts, there's going to be that guy that we just had three feet of snow, and he's like, I'm late to work. Gotta go. They don't even. They don't even like dig out the face anymore. It's like two oh. eye holes. Yeah, like, coming out of the outside of their car. It's like, what are you doing? All right, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, there was a certain time where my fucking car's windshield <laughs> defroster didn't work very well, so I hung my head out the window of a frozen windshield at like 28 degrees outside mm. to get to work. That I ex- did that. That explains and a my, lot. My face was frozen. <laughs> But I didn't put anybody else in danger behind me, only in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I was say. Until your eyes freeze and you can't see yeah. shit. <laughs> uh. Why is this guy really angry at me every time? He, like, ah, sorry. Well, that was fun. No, I think it's stupid, though. I think, uh, I think we're on the verge of reciprocity. Let's say it together. Reciprocity. Recipro- yeah. Why do I do a podcast where my face hurts? There's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be, uh, I think, federally they're gonna they're gonna lift the the class designation on marijuana because that's the next biggest president, issue. buddy. Next president, Which maybe. One? Oh, it'll be like the big thing for like the next president. All somebody has to do is come out and be like, "I will legalize weed," and we'll be like, "Woo!" <laughs> so I don't give a fuck about your goddamn environment. I don't give a fuck about this. I don't give a well, fuck about foreign policy. Just make my pot legal. Well, that's the thing is that you think about all the money that Stand Colorado mind, just made. Uh, Colorado, Arizona, and what's the other one that's just legalized? Colorado's working on medical cocaine. Yeah, well, they pass magic mushrooms, too. Can you imagine? Like, Colorado's about to get psychedelic. Like, Colorado right. doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I, Live for your die, motherfucker. All right. I, I, I draw the line if in, you, like, you, synthetic substances that have to be created with, with gasoline. If you could get up the mountain, you could do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever gone up the mountain on cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. If I did, it was really fast. <laughs> what does mean? Go, 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 go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta get up the mountain. We gotta Jeez, put up, pick it up. The- we gotta put it, get a packet. Why, 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 why do you not have your packet? I mean, I, let me take. Okay, I'm good. Now let's go back. 
Well, their, their production's been up very recently. Uh. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> I mean, they, they just raised a bunch of revenue, though. And, like, if tax dollars is really what you care about, then why not legalize it? Like, it's all semantics. And I don't know, man. It's it's whatever. Um, I'll get down <laughs> off my soapbox. But Good job, buddy. That's ridiculous, man. All right, with that being said, we're going to put a pause here. Pause! I just want one more album from the artists that we've lost. Rockstar heroes that have passed away. Yeah. Dave, you want to introduce our main topic today? I would. Uh, you should do that, then. So, this week, uh, I, I had some, some conversating to do with my pals here about... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, I can't believe you did that. That's unfortunate for me. Um, this week's main event topic is... So many links. If you could get... One more new album from any musician that is deceased. So it could be like the whole, whatever band they were part of, if that whole band releases a new album with them, or it could be just like a, a solo artist, whatever. If you could get one musician to put out one last album uh, posthumously, that's another one for uh, you. You gotta cut the shit because <laughs> we, you understand that we drink on this podcast, right? When you start using fucking vowels in places they shouldn't go, you say if, whatever you want as long as it's not gonna be a test. If you later. could get one more album from one musician who has passed on, who would it be and why? I will open the floor to you, gentlemen. Can I go first? Yes. No. Can I go second? No. No, you can go first, dude. Uh, you so call confused. you called it. You can go, man. So I, uh, mine was kind of an easy pick. I, I don't want to say that I picked the obvious one, but I have some thoughts to back it up. My choice, if any, would now I'm gonna go with just the artist or the well the musician alone, and it would be Dimebag Daryl, because so obvious. Man. Um, <laughs> that that you know, but. The way that solo stuff has gone, and the the way that he, um, like would you know, uh, damage plan, and it, I think he would collab with a lot of different people. I think he would be like the Zach Wilder kind of idea, where he like jumps in and does just all this stuff just to play music because that's how he was. Because I remember he used to do like the uh, the like teaching stuff. He used to do like guitar lessons and like like a public right. one, just kind of just with a bunch of kids and stuff, just kind of teaching them stuff and. I think it would be cool. I mean, even Pantera alone, what they would be today. Like, if, you know, they followed through, like, Megadeth, like, you know, all the other guys. It'd be neat to see where they would be now. It's one that I thought of because I was actually kind of curious. Like, you know, I was trying to process, like, what the modernization of, right. like, a Pantera reunion would sound like. Mm -hmm. So a Pantera yeah. was to get back together. Because, like, Dimebag had, like, a, like, he had a very distinct sound. Like, there was a, there was a certain tone that he was able to produce and there was a certain style that he was able to produce. So, I mean, it was, the, it was existed in damage plan. Mm -hmm. It was definitely existing in Pantera, obviously. And like, it, it would be curious to see like mm -hmm. what the modern, the modernization of those bands like would do to that sound. And it's, just sucks because we'll never know. I mean, right. 2004, can you believe yeah, that? It was crazy. 2004. Right. Uh -huh. It was 16 fucking years ago. <clears throat> Think of it. It's like, what was I like? Fucking nine for Christ's sake! It doesn't feel like I was that young. 
I wasn't. Yeah, you were. You were definitely not nine. You'd be younger than we are. But, um... <laughs> I, I don't know if you were continuing. I, I, think, uh, I think that was a moment of silence for Dimebag Daryl yeah, we'll here from Heavy Metal over a six pack. Yeah, uh, we'll go with that. But very, I mean, very it, well earned. It but, just uh, occurred to me this is not my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were like ready to go. I'm just like listening. You just <laughs> Let me take over from here, Anthony. I no, got it's this fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's pretty much it, honestly. I mean, like, like I said, with the solo stuff and and what he would have done with that, and it, you know, it makes you wonder what they would be today. So I mean, his brother, like he, his brother went on to like hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. That was rough. But it's, I don't know. It's a you have to use your imagination, like yep. with stuff like this. It's like what would happen if, which is why it's a neat exercise. Because right. you have to you have to like think of these things. It's like, okay, well, like we all we all like Dimebag Daryl. I mean, Anthony says was the obvious choice. Yeah. He, Maybe it was. I mean, I think it, I think he's the most celebrated, mm-hmm. like as of as far as like artists that have the passed. Metal community, um, yeah. And you know, it's probably a lot of like the way that he went because mm-hmm. nobody should have to go like that. Like that's just no. That that's, was that's yeah. uh, that's that was brutal. That's a, that's a bag of dicks right there. That's like going straight to Spencer's and getting the whole bag of dick gummies. It's crazy how many artists that's happened to. Like that's actually relatively common. There was a was it Christina Grimmie? She was the same one. Same the same exact thing happened to her really? with a, a fan signing after a show. Some random dude with a backpack showed up and same exact thing. Uh, I I can't I can't wrap my head around like people are crazy, dude. It's true. Like I Well definitely and it's hate to say it this way, it's one of those risks that you take if you become a public figure. I mean you're true. you're exposing yourself to tens of thousands tens of hundreds of thousands of people. Chances are Point zero 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 one percent of them is not going to be right, right. And but and I'm not justifying this to like by any means. I mean, nobody should ever have to go like this. And um, I was actually reading an article about Dimebag today and kind of hit home like a little bit because like there's, there's um the Dime Bash just happened yep. not not too long ago. Uh, Sepultura was involved. Um, like there's a I'm trying to blank, but there was a whole 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 ton, but. The uh, the article that I was uh, that I was actually reviewing was actually talking about the night the dime bag was shot, and it actually brought up like like there was four other people that were killed that night. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, there was a there was a club employee. There was a, there was a roadie that that went down. There was um there was a there was a fan. There was a that, fan that jumped uh, up and tried to stop him on the stage. Yep. yep. And like that, that ended with like the uh, the SWAT team like coming in and like having a shootout with this guy. Well, like, like it, that that was like a war scene for Christ's sake. It sakes. wasn't even that. This is what trips me out: is that it wasn't a SWAT team. It was a responding officer shot the guy in the head with a shotgun from the distance of <laughs> you know being in a large crowd in a venue. Uh, that could not have been pretty by any means. No. That guy like immediately resigned after too. Because he, I mean, look, like, awful, 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 horrible situation. But I just, like, I cannot imagine. And that performance, correct me if I'm wrong, that was with Damage Plan. Yep. Yes. yes. Yeah, it was. Cause, okay. cause yeah, the, uh, that, was was the, that was his reasoning behind it. He was a. Uh, Vinnie Paul was there. Yeah. He was a uh, Army veteran or something that got dishonorably discharged. 
and he was pissed at Dimebag for breaking up Pantera or something like that. He hung outside that club like three separate times. They asked if he was going to go in. He said no. Uh, they called him suspicious, so they put him outside the venue. There was a fence. Right before they went on stage, he climbed the fence, jumped over it. He was like, he was a huge dude. He was like 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", 250 pounds. Jumped the fence and ran into the venue through a side door and pulled a Beretta M9 and squeezed off a whole bunch mm -hmm. of rounds. Uh, and it's like, how how do you plan for that? You know what I mean? Like, every precaution was already taken. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's one of those things, like, you can't... It's just horrible. It's all around awful. It's just not supposed to happen. It's just not I mean, supposed to happen. He could have gotten into the Fed pretty easily then. He didn't have any knives. Dude. That's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> you know what though? We're not knocking the Fed Music Hall. The Fed Music Hall wrote out Providence Rhode Island. I thought it was the feet. You are you are a the Fetty. You are a fabulous venue. I had fun. And we don't condone knives either. So. We, we don't condone the use of sneaking in knives. <laughs> or but bottles no, it, of it's, water. Or it's, hammers. It, it definitely would have been cool to like hear like them like it, it with the production and like right. whatnot that we actually have available. If they would right even now. go with the production. I, right. I would say I actually wonder if he would keep his raw sound. Right. Like you know what I mean? He had a tone. Like he invented a tone. I pl I personally play a Randall amp. I was gonna say you have I, said I play, tone. I play the Randall the the Randall head over him a Marshall Cab. But it's it's a he it's it's an amp head that I have not been willing to move away from, and I thought I really have no need to move away from it. If you ask me, it's like I don't need to look into a Marshall or a Line Six or like I have a solid <clears throat> foundation, a solid solid state amp that's has a great tone, mm -hmm. especially with like a heavy set guitar. It's like I don't know. It just it makes you wonder, and like this kind of like the thing that we have to do when we do these exercises, right? And then we have to remember like the horrible tragedy that did happen, and right. like that's probably one of the most tragic of all. It's you like you like to you like to look at it. It's like oh well, like you know at least he went doing like what he loved. You're like no fuck that, bro. That sucks. Right, yeah, yeah no, right. suck, imagine, suck, like... suck. If I was up on a guitar and somebody like gunned me down, I hope my ghost comes back and like <laughs> kicks that guy's ass. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Well, that guy, that guy didn't have an easy out by any means. I'm not saying it justifies no. it, but no. uh, quick and brutal, dude fired one shotgun round, and that was that. I, I, awful all the way around. Like, there, you just can't even, you can't even wrap your head around it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so ridiculously unnecessary. Mm. But unfortunately, that's what's getting more and more common today. Marcus, if you could revive one album. Yeah, so, you get one one album from one person. It's an album revival. Maybe we can. So I'm glad Anthony did the obvious answer, because said I was reading some stuff. The um the artist that I went through, and it was kind of like one of those things. Like you have to actually use your um, you have to kind of use your imagination to like what the potential would be. And um, Ozzy Osbourne quoted after this gentleman's death that this was probably going to be one of the greatest guitarists to ever live. And he was going to be one of the, considered one of the greatest guitarists that ever lived. I um I decided to go with uh, Mr. Randy Rhodes. Uh, taken like way too soon, 25 years old. Obviously, um, I believe it was 1979, he may have started joining Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, started at age 16. 
with a band that would so- soon to be called Quiet Riot. <laughs> Bang your head. May have heard of them. May have heard of them. 16 years old. Right. Um, band was originally called Little Women. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing it evolved. But that's the, um, like, a, what was it Finger Eleven? Their original band name was the the Rainbow Butt Monkeys. Yeah, they had a they had a gnarly, stupid name. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Like when you come up with that name, it's like, do you do you want to be like, popular? Let, or let, you let's, just let's come up with a gimmick name. Like, wow, we're actually making good music. Let's change it. <laughs> now say that out loud. How does it feel? So. Randy Rhodes is, uh, I mean, he, he's an interesting subject because, I mean, obviously he had, he's got a ver- he's got a very small sample, but like he was so highly regarded mm-hmm. by just about everybody that w- like there's a lot of people that were influenced by Randy Rhodes. There's a lot of there's um like the neo classical version of metal was kind of, but you have to think of like so he was 25 years old when he went down in '82. He was coming up with like when. Ron Dio was like on the second round of Sabbath, and Iron Maidens were out there, and Zach Wilde started coming into the scene, and like you know the thrash, thrash started becoming popular. Like, can you just imagine like what this guy's influence, and like he you know feeds off of that, feeds out like a little bit more. What could have possibly been? I mean, we could be completely different point of view as as far as like heavy metal goes. Like it's one of those things. Like he he was known to be, like that kind of like earth, like ground breaking, kind of an artist. So I mean, if I want, and me being a guitarist, I pre- I've always appreciated guitar. I've always loved good guitar work. Combination of good guitar work and good vocal work, you know, like all all of the elements. I mean, it's just so important and. You have to use your imagination again, but you have such a small sample and like such a delicate time. Like the timing of it is like uh, what I also think is key because like you're talking 1982. Yeah, we didn't invent the world yet in 1982. <laughs> like we're not like there wasn't subgenre after subgenre after right. subgenre. That's why I say the whole world could be different right now if right. Randy Rhodes like was actually able to continue. Not. Maybe he would have just continued with Sabbath. Maybe Ozzy Osbourne wouldn't have like lost his mind. Like maybe Ozzy Osbourne would have been like something completely different. Like maybe that would have went in a different direction. We could have a genre that didn't even exist until that plane went down, kind of a thing. And so yeah, if I, if I was gonna pick an artist that like I I needed to hear one more. I mean I think that's the guy because everybody that knew him. And everybody that studied him and everybody that was influenced by him said, this guy, this guy, Randy Rhodes is supposed to be the, the next coming. And then it was taken away. He fell out of the sky. Literally. Mm-hmm. Tragically. Sometimes you don't know. Man. And that's all I got to say about that. It's a good choice. It is. It's, it's more, well, I mean, it, I feel like we're we're side by side on that one, from like the guitarists and you know they were they were in the, the similar situations kind of thing you know. Yeah. It's just hard though because like you want to, you want to think it's like oh, well if he was here I wonder if. Hmm. Right. And you just you're 
you're creating a history well, that just doesn't exist anymore. Right. And like, it's it's why it's a cool episode. It's a, it's why it makes you sad. Yeah, makes you lethargic. Now, granted, I mean that was you know that's mechanical failure. Like a plane falls out of the sky. Like nothing. Right. Like the, the, the one the, of the gr- inevitable. The, the great lord caused this one, man. Yeah. Like it's. Although you know, life insurance pays double if you die in a plane crash. So, is that a real thing? Yeah. Yeah. So if you have life insurance, you want to go down on a plane. Still not worth it though. I mean, you don't want to go down on a plane, (laughs) but your beneficiary Uh, wants. It's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. He was still on the plane, right? Sweet. (laughs) Yes. I mean, if I got diagnosed with something awful, then I just stock up on frequent flyer miles, but. But if I had the choice... That's uh, weird. They gave you six months to live, and you keep flying. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the world. You just go back and forth to Detroit. What was that movie? It was like Contact. The guy like goes up in like a spaceship, so the cancer wouldn't eat him alive. True story. I'll take your word for it, though. I'm not going to call you a liar. It's a good movie. Contact. The rich guy. I, uh, All right, Dave, what's yours? So... I see that smile. Uh, I have an obvious answer, and I'm not going to go with that. Because I feel like we're already getting that, as we already discussed. So I have some honorable mentions, right? Uh, You owe me five bucks, then. Damn it! (laughs) Called it. Um, I'd actually... uh, Hang on, wait, wait. I will give you both two opportunities to guess who I'm going to pick. It well, is. we ultimately thought this was going to be the Chester Bennington. Is hour. it Lane Staley? Actually, it is. Yeah. That would have been my second choice. Well, well that was... Un- <laughs> do I, <laughs> do I, Thanks, win, do I win anything? <laughs> you win half a beer. I don't want half and a he beer. owes you another five bucks. Yes. <laughs> you get five bucks for me, too. You just made ten bucks tonight. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Word. Uh, I could have used to gone with Chester often. Bennington, but I didn't because I feel like we're already getting those albums from him. And I feel like whatever Linkin Park is sitting on still hasn't been released. It's weird how dead people just keep pumping out stuff. Everything between <laughs> amazing. Mark Morton and now Grey Days and Linkin Park hasn't even touched it yet. Like, we're bound to get more. Okay. Up, sure. So I want to go deeper. Uh, I actually... Is this a Tupac situation? No. Is this hanging out in somebody's basement? No, Lord. <laughs> I, uh, I considered a lot. I actually, I actually considered Kurt Cobain, too. Um, uh, but... I must say that that situation was... The best thing that ever happened for Dave Grohl. Mm, yeah, well. Mm, unfortunately. You know, he still doesn't listen to Nirvana. Probably not. Can you imagine if we didn't have Foo Fighters? Right? Seriously, though. I know. Like, who would fight the Foo if they weren't there? Not a job I could do. There'd be, like, another band out there called Foo Winners. <laughs> In Bizarro World. Bizarro, Bizarro World. Foo. Foo Friends. Foo, foo Friends. It's like VeggieTales. Uh, so I went with Lane Staley because I felt like his music had, uh, I'm probably going to catch some shade for this, but I feel like his music had more impact than the other two that I considered after Chester. The other two that I considered after Chester were Kurt Cobain and Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell is very talented. I'm not saying he's not. He did a lot of things. He did a lot of great things. But because he did so many things... I feel like he kind of painted a vivid picture of himself, whereas Lane Staley kind of broke into the scene and kind of took it by force, and you listen to his lyrics and all these other things, and he was just he was just on his own. He was, uh, he was all in his own class. Right. So um, 
I mean, it sucks because, like, I had to consider, too, like, uh, you know, not, not trying to be rude here, uh, but their last handful of sets, there were certain songs that Alice in Chains would not sing or play because Lane could no longer pronounce the lyrics. Because after he lost his teeth, he struggled with S-words. And all from the drug addiction stuff, he was like 90 pounds. And that, the, the, what was that? I want to say it was like April that they filmed that uh, MTV Unplugged. Where they did the all acoustic set with Alice in Chains. And three months later in July is when he died. And it's like, you look at him, and I actually went back this week and I watched all those videos over again. And it was like, it's super surreal. Because it's like, this guy's sitting there on the top of the world right now. He has pink hair, he's 90 pounds, and he has no teeth. And he's still singing all these songs that everybody loves, and people are, you know what I mean? Like, he mm-hmm. hasn't lost a single fan, like, on top of it, and then the worst happens. Yep. And it's like, I want to know, and not to be, like, morbid, but, like, I want to know what was going on inside that head of his... Well, that could have turned into more lyrics and more powerful right. songs because of all the things he released that, that already were. I mean, we discussed this a little bit when I reviewed their newest album that was released. I think it was like something, what, nine, ten years since their last... It's the first release with a new singer, essentially. Yeah. And, I mean, he was fine, but it's just not... It's not the same. He doesn't have that powerful yeah. range behind it. Just well, I think anytime you're trying to step into shoes anyway, like, lyrically... I haven't met many singers that don't write their own lyrics, mm-hmm. you know? And there's, cer- <laughs> there's certain connections. I said haven't met. Uh, there's certain connections that people who write lyrics make on their own, and, like, you can't recreate that. Right. You know, ly- being, uh, being any kind of poetic or any kind of creative writing or anything like that is all from perspective. So if you don't have the experience to back it up and, like, have that same connection that it's not going to be the same well um they're in the works for a lane staley documentary soon um so netflix i assume i should we, i should we get tv i'd be into that yeah no yeah. it'd be interesting to kind of that's not the one that no brad pitt's doing cornell right yes i think he's doing cornell yeah i think and this that... is more documentary than actual like docudrama docudrama yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like those are becoming more and more popular now because all these classic people are going on tour again and they're waiting yeah. for their <laughs> waiting sl- for the movies to come out before they go had on a, tour. Had a slow day at work. I watched uh, Lords of Chaos finally. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucked up, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. Never saw it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of the scenes shivers. <laughs> Icky. <laughs> the guy at work, <laughs> the guy that I work with, was like, "Gee, metal's really gone downhill ever since they stopped burning churches, huh?" <laughs> Wow. All right. Maybe if you're Norwegian. I guess so. So, do you guys have any other uh, honorable mentions? Somebody who almost made it that you you would still kind of like to hear, but they're not your number one? I have the ones that I hold dear. Um, uh, Wayne Static. Yep. I I grew up... I grew up listening to Static X. Static X was my first concert ever. Like, Wayne Static... Like, I liked Wayne Static's appearance. I like the fact that he just looked like a big, goofy cartoon character. 
like with like his ha- his hairstyle. Looked like, like he just put back a fork in, the, in an outlet. Uh, back in the day, there was this one time that I actually had hair, and I used to spike my hair like like crazy, like like craziness. Like the guy was just like, um, he was an idol of mine. He always has been. Um, I've always liked that style of music. I don't. It's hard for me to say. Like I know they just went on their twentieth twentieth anniversary tour. I don't know how timeless Static X music is going to be. It's like one of those things. You either like it or you don't. It's not going to break charts by any means. But like Wayne Static, like he was he was a cool dude. He was creative. It was awesome. It was good stuff. So I mean, he he came to mind. Um, um, Cliff Burton would be one for me. Uh, that's we, also news because his dad just passed away this past true. week. Yes. Yeah, we talked about that. His dad did cool shit. Like the royalties of like yeah, Clipper and stuff awesome. like, was always like donated and whatnot. Awesome. Like that was that was always like cool. I hope but, uh, there's I hope there's somebody else to like carry on that that legacy. You know what I yeah. mean? Because there's somebody that's still gonna be getting royalties or whatever. Right. So like I, I hope that they can continually pay that forward. Like that stays a thing. Like imagine how many musicians that could potentially create. Right. You know? For the rest of the world, and like that's a huge, mm-hmm. huge thing. Um, his name is escaping me. I'm actually googling it right now. But one of the ones that I thought was um, there it is, Brad Bradley Noel, Sublime. Sublime. Because Sublime is like one of those bands that is like so highly regarded, and it's been by some. <laughs> some. I fucking hate Sublime. I'm not gonna lie. Well. <laughs> That that being point, by some, yeah, absolutely. It's been, I mean, it's been tributed. Like it's, oh, like, it's, yeah, a, it's a high tribute band. Like they have tracks that still play to this day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still find it weird that like "Date Rape" is a song that was like they'll play <laughs> yeah. on the they'll play yeah. on the radio with like no qualm. Yeah, whatsoever. Shake that and want to. It it's he's one of those guys. Like you know what? Like the the whole Scott punk alt rock yeah. scene like that would have been something interesting to see like where what would have happened with that i mean like he did such a good job laying the foundation it's like how how does that modernize and like yeah everything that i think of it's like how does it modernize because like you have to think like i mean christ we got these 70 year old bands right now that are out there like still doing their thing it's like but you know everything gets modernized to a certain level think of like iron maiden iron maiden's like he's putting out like releases but they're not quite as complex and not quite as right. like consuming as like the you know the original. I'm thinking like Wicker Man versus Number of the Beast, right. like kind of a thing. Like if you put track to track, that would have been a cool. That would have been a cool evolution to see like where that would have went. Like mm-hmm. that was one that was on my radar. Huh. Um, it's hard because some of it, like I, I mean I have a, a few that. The only, I mean, like you said with Chris Cornell, he's he's come far so far where he's done a lot of stuff. Right. It's not like we lost him too soon and you can't really tell. Like right. one of mine, it's not really metal related, but one of mine would be David Bowie. Um, another big one would be um, Freddie Mercury. Yep. Would be a big one. Yep. Because I mean, Queen still plays today. They're the they're the highest. They're the largest streaming rock band of all time. The country of England has approved and passed the first rock band that is going to be on an English tender. It will be Queen. That's so fair. Queen, the Queen's going to be on a coin. That's fair. It's awesome. 
Actually, kind of makes me want to go to England and get one. Yeah, just to yeah, get right? one, yeah. Just to, yeah. I stole your currency. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, wait a minute. Can I, can I have change for a dollar? Yeah. No, no. Can't you just go to the star, the, the exchange thing? Give me Freddy! At, at the airport and just change it out. I don't know, but that, that's actually a cool thing. It's the first rock band that's actually, actually cool. going to be on, like, legal yeah. tender. And it's going to be in Queen. And I remember people, people like, losing their minds because, like, here in America... They're like, well, wouldn't it be like Rolling Stones or the Beatles or something from England? Well, apparently the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, England doesn't give two shits about. No. <laughs> the only reason why they're popular is because they came to the U.S. Yeah. Right. They Pretty left. Yeah. Queen did not have to come to the U.S. No. They were fine. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, we're cool. Yeah. We're true. fine. That's yeah, true. they went everywhere, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I had a bunch of honorable mentions and stuff. And then I, I actually wanted to ask you guys, you, you kind of already started, but uh, outside of the rock and metal world, is there anybody that you'd like to hear another album from, even if it's not necessarily what you like, like anybody you respect or anything in a different genre that would make another album and no, no, like, you'd um, listen to? Hmm. I mean, you, I mean you hmm. the main ones. Like, I don't ad lib. I ad lib like stuff. an asshole. Ad lib like an asshole. <laughs> Yeah. My, my asshole's never ad libbed before, but I'm I'm cursing without cursing. That's all that is. Because I I kind I, I kind of thought about because I was I don't know why it just popped into my head while I was driving around thinking about this. Uh, but Aaliyah, Aaliyah was like a breakthrough artist in like the hip hop and R and B world, and then she died suddenly. And she was super young, hmm. like brand new, starting out. Like I'm not familiar. Yeah, well, if you Google '90s hip hop. <laughs> and R and B and all that other stuff, she'd she'd come up, but she was like right on top of that, Jason. Jesus, I think she was like nineteen, <laughs> truthfully. Okay. And That's young. same thing with uh, what's her name, Left Eye from TLC. TLC, yep. You know, and where would that group have been if they had stayed? You know, what I mean, it's just right. all these iconic. I mean, I don't. Didn't not Britney necessarily... Murphy put out like a musical album? What? Didn't Britney Murphy put out like a musical album of some sort? Oh, I'm sure. But I miss her. She was fun. Brittany Murphy. I'd cuddle with Brittany Murphy. I bet you would. Uh, we'll probably end it at that point. It's like, that's it. Just cuddle. <laughs> you, I don't want to disappoint you any further. I mean, I could have I could have been rude and made the episode like, hey, is there any album like you're glad you won't have to hear another one from someone? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 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 that's negative. We're, that's we're not, awful. <laughs> we're, not, we're not in a negative round here. Right. But no, I think there's so many influential people that were like breakthrough artists in their own right, in their own genre. Mm-hmm. That, like this, this is a question that's kind of plagued me for a long time, and I'm glad I got to like delve into it further with the not so obvious answer because it forced me to do some research on different things and different people. Oh, it's a cool. It's a cool topic. It's a cool. It's a cool thought process because like. If you think about the like I said, if you think about the way I did, like everybody adapts, everybody like modernizes, everybody. But you take like you know even Vinnie Paul. I I, I remember hearing countless like um, interviews where Vinnie Paul's like you know modern drummers play too much. Mm-hmm. Like he made that comment. So like his style was like his style. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that would have changed much. Like if Vinnie Paul was still with us. Um, well, I really don't think Dimebag would have changed very much. In all honesty, I think he would have kept his raw, mm-hmm. his raw like, but. Well, what I think is crazy, though, is that, um, like you said with Randy Rhodes, is that these were the musicians where there was like a, it was almost like the turn of the century for music, where like rock and metal stuff wasn't being, it was still in the exploration stage, you know? 
and I feel like there's I think we could safely say there's at least five, probably more, dead artists right now that if they had lived longer than they did would have set the standards and the bar higher for everybody else. And that's what I was trying to focus on is that these, not just these people that are one-hit wonders that break through once and then fade off. Like, yeah, Mm. look, any death in the music community is sad, but but the people that are like actual staples in, in some of these genres... You know, which ones kind of hurt the most? Which ones should we, you know, uh, which ones would we wish that, you know, we could get more out of? Um, and I, I truthfully believe, like, you know, the entire the entire musical shift today would be different. You look at uh, literally Lane and Kurt, both of them, that was grunge. Yeah. Like, we transitioned out of grunge because they weren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. The closest we got was Stained. Like, and that turned into more rock and metal. And then that, you know what I mean? They were on a... Now we have post-grunge. And pre-post-grunge. And post-mortem. And And post-Malone. Post-Malone, we have... That's true. And post-offices. And post-men. Post-fences. Post-people. It's 2020. All right, homie. Good job. Good topic. Take us home, bud. All right, kids. Well, there you have it. Uh, if you think there's anybody we missed, feel free to uh, comment and let us know. Uh, if you haven't followed us on any of our social medias yet, be sure to go ahead and do that, too. We are active on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to give us that like and subscribe and thumbs up on YouTube. And uh, tune in next week to Heavy Metal Over Six Pack, the only place you can get local, national, and international rock metal and beer reviews. And that's it for us, kids. Y'all have a great night, and we'll catch you next time. Love you. Mean it. Signing out. Goodbye.